Well, hello, hello. How are you doing? How are you doing? This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast. This is the S. Anthony Thomas, and we have reached episode number 298. 298. That's right. Episode number 300 is coming up very, very soon. You know, when it's one of those milestone episodes, every 100 episodes is a, is a milestone. And when I started doing this four years ago, it never even crossed my mind thinking about the number 300. And quite frankly, it never really, I never really thought about the number 100 when I started doing this. Uh, because a lot of times you're just kind of in the process of doing these things and you don't really think about it that way. You know, I didn't really start paying attention to the fact that I was hitting episode number 100 until I started really approaching it. You know, episode number 95, 96, 97. Same thing with episode number 200. I mean, you know, you know, you're approaching the number, but you're not really paying attention. You're just doing your thing. And as I got close to number 200, it was a 197, number 98. And now I'm at 298 and I'm approaching episode number 300. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up, because obviously you can count, you can see this is episode number uh, 298 and you can count. So, you know, episode 300 is coming up. The reason I brought this up is because many times when you hit milestones, it kind of makes you reevaluate things and make decisions about whether things are things you want to continue to do, uh, whether it's something that you uh, you figure you've made your point and there's no reason to continue. You figure and it just it's not just uh, something like this. It's also in relationships every time you, you may not even realize you're doing it. But if you're in a relationship and it's not going really, really good, or you're having a tough time or you had a bunch of fights, there's a small part of you. In your mind, that's going, do I want to be a husband? Do I want to be a wife? Do I want to do this anymore? I've never been married, but I've lived with a couple of women. And there's a part of me in the back of my mind when times weren't going good, where I was thinking, do I want to be in this relationship? Do I, do I really want to be with this woman anymore? Is this someone I could wind up living with uh, for a long period of time or forever? Or if somebody I can marry or somebody I want to raise children with. And there are times in your life where you're sitting there and you're looking at what's going on around you and you have to make a decision whether this is something you want to continue to do. And I've had to make that decision on very, very uh, few occasions because most of the things that I'm doing that I do, I tend to do things that I want to do. Um, so I, I really don't have to make those decisions that often. But it came very, very recently where I had to start thinking about things like that. I started to think about things that I'm doing right now and deciding whether or not it's something I wanted to do, including this. Now, as I approach episode 300, I started to think, you know, 300 is a good number. You know, if I if I do 300 of these things and I just let them stay in the universe, maybe, uh, you know, put them on YouTube or put them, you know, put, you know, put, just upload a bunch of them to YouTube and then have all 300 episodes on YouTube and just let them sit there. At least I can point to it and say, yes, I did that. You know, it was, was it was fun. The people that listened to it liked it. But, you know, that's enough. And that's what I was thinking. Now, I want to explain to you why I was thinking that it didn't just come out of nowhere. I wasn't just walking down the street or driving down the road and going, do I want to do this anymore? I was in the ER recently for 11 hours. Now, if it wasn't for that trip to the ER and the health scare that I had, there is absolutely no way I would even be thinking like that. But sometimes when things like that happen to you, you sit back and you look at all the things that are going around you and you realize life is short in the grand scheme of things. And, you know, there are certain things you might not want to do anymore. Now, as it turns out, I'm going to be fine. I said health scare because it was a scare, but I'm going to be fine. But I was in the ER for 11 hours. 
And when you're sitting there not feeling well in an ER for 11 hours, you start to think about things and you start to think about things you already thought about and you think about them differently. I'll explain what happened. I was asleep and I woke up. I think maybe something fell over or some noise outside woke me up and I popped up out of the bed. And I was really getting ready to do what most people would normally do at four o'clock in the morning when something that they didn't do wakes them up. I was prepared to take about a shovel, dip it into a big dirt pile of obscenities and hurl those obscenities into the ether and then go back to sleep, calling someone's mom a name in my head. <laughs> okay. But that's not what happened. What happened was I woke up and I felt really, really bad. I mean, really bad. And I stood up and I felt even worse. I was just feeling really, really weak. I was feeling really tired. Uh, I was feeling dizzy. And as I started to walk around, my heart started to beat very, very quickly. These are not things you want to have happen to you. Not a good idea to have these happen to you. These are not good feelings. I would not recommend these feelings to you. So the ambulance is called. And normally I wouldn't call an ambulance. I'm like, eh, I'll be all right. But this time I figured, dude, call the damn ambulance. Call the ambulance. They show up. And I'm in the back of the ambulance. And they're going and the people that show up are doing ambulance things. Asking for your insurance. Asking you questions. How old are you? What do you weigh? And then I decided to tell them the truth because I was like, yeah, uh, 170. And I didn't really want to have, the, you know, I didn't want to feel bad and have people in the back of an ambulance look me up and down and start laughing because that would have made me feel even worse. <laughs> F y'all. So I give them all the information and they hook me up to the EKG machines. And I'm literally concerned, you know, because the heart's beating pretty fast and it had slowed down at this point. And they're going through, you know, you know how it is when you have uh, people that are, that are work or that are first responders. They're very, very efficient, very, very professional. And they work at a hectic pace because they don't know whether this is a life or death situation. And they're moving and grooving and touching this and pulling that and asking this and dropping this and doing that and testing this and giving me the EKG. And after they go through their little test in the back of, of the uh, of the ambulance, I'm still a little frazzled because I don't know what's going on. But I started to notice a little bit of calm in them. And I don't understand, you know, when you're sitting there, you kind of figure out, are they calm because this isn't really, really urgent, but they're going to take me into the hospital anyway? Or is it one of those things like, oh, this, this bastard will be dead in about five seconds. I might as well check my email. As it turns out, five seconds later, I was still alive. And then the ambulance takes off. But he's not driving really, really quickly. I get dropped off at the hospital and I'm wheeled into the ER, still feeling like crap. And that's the beginning of the 11 hour odyssey of S. Anthony Thomas in the emergency room. I get into the emergency room and I look around and there's not that many people in the emergency room. Yay. I'm saying yay for two reasons. One, because if you're in the emergency room, it means something bad happened to you. And two, if there's no one in the emergency room, they'll get to my feeling badass as quickly as possible. <laughs> I was wrong about that. I'm sitting in the chair watching television and I'm noticing that the other, there are other people are starting to come filtering in, being wheeled in, ambulances coming in. Oh, crap. Once again, I'm feeling bad because the other people are feeling bad, but I'm also feeling bad because some of these people are obviously 
in worse shape than me, which means they're going to get seen before me. I know that sounds selfish, but this is self-preservation. All right. So what? Don't judge me, you bastards. Continuing on. But then I notice no one is actually going back to the triage section. And then, and then they start to take people back to the triage section, but it's going very, very slowly. So slowly that the people who are in the ER who are not feeling well are getting angry and antagonistic. I'm actually about to see a bunch of people who were maybe injured, maybe on deathbed duty or not deathbed duty, but maybe on their last legs, all jacked up. People with glass still in their hair, people with blood pouring out of them. I'm about to see these half dead people start whooping somebody's ass or at least attempting to. I'm hearing people on the phones cursing out the nurses. Hey, mother sucker ain't coming. Get me yet. I've been here all this time. I've been here nine minutes and I have not gotten back there, man. These people ain't nothing but a bunch of dirty boobs and a bunch of bleeps and a bunch of dirty mother boob and a bleep and all of that crap. And I'm looking at the guy and I think, I'm like, I'm looking at the guy. He doesn't even look like he's that sick. He doesn't even look like he's that injured. And I'm sitting here feeling like crap. An hour goes by. I get to the triage. Then I go through and he basically does the same crap the people in the ambulance did, except for now he has access to every medication I had in my life. Did you have aspirins when you were five? I don't remember. Well, it says here that you did, you bastard. <laughs> right? So they wheel my ass out into the to the uh, to the waiting room and I get out of the wheelchair because I'm starting to actually feel a little better. And I don't want to be sitting in a wheelchair and have someone else need a wheelchair because that makes you a douche. And I'm not one of those. Now I'm watching television and now I'm watching more people come in and I'm noticing that every chair is full. And now there are people actually getting into physical fights with each other and starting to get into really loud altercations with the nurses in the triage section. Now, I know that the nurses are really, really professional people and would never do anything. But I'll tell you right now, if I'm going to piss off someone, it's definitely not going to be the person who's going to be administering needles to me and giving me my medicine. I'm not going to do it. There's one lady walking around cursing out everyone. And I mean, she is going to town. She's using language that is so bad that me, a professional comedian in my entire life, was going, man, that's a lot of cursing. And believe me, I heard a lot of cursing. I actually saw a bunch of people who were longshoremen walk in and go, hey, lady, calm down. Even we're shocked by that language. And they taped their ears shut. That's how bad this lady was cursing. And it seems she was picking people at random to be mad at. I mean, she had every right to be mad. We're in the emergency room and nobody's seeing us. And I'm angry, too. And I'd actually had been there longer than her because now it's gone on three hours of the 11 hour odyssey. And I'm still sitting there and I've seen nobody. And I didn't even realize it was three hours until I realized that the show that I was watching was three hours long. And now it's going off. That's a good indication. But she's picking people at random to be crazy with. And I don't like to say crazy. I know it has a negative connotation. But at the time, that's what I was thinking because I wasn't feeling well and I was angry and I was hoping she'd crazy over there, not over by me. She was actually picking people to be crazy with at random. It was almost as if there was a wheel in her head that would spin. You know, like when you watch those game shows and they spin the wheel and they go and you would, it would stop on a specific amount of money and you'd win that amount of money. Well, I think in her head there was a big wheel and it only had two answers on it. Mess with them. Don't mess with them. Cause then she would spin it as she went up to everybody. 
She'd walk up to a person and you'd see the wheels spinning in her head. Mess with him, don't mess with him, 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 mess with him. You mother sucker, you ain't nothing but a bleep, and your mother's a bleep, and you ain't nothing but a bleep, and you think you can get in front of me in line, you think you can get in front of me in line, you mother of you bleep, and you ain't nothing but a bleep, I'll kick your bleep, you nothing but a bleep, your mother's a bleep, and your father's a bleep, and everybody in your family ain't nothing but a bunch of dirty bleeps. And she was a lady that was kind of small. You know, if it was a guy that did that, I would be afraid that somebody was going to drop kick his ass. But you're not going to drop kick a, a, an older lady that's like five feet tall. You're not going to do that. She goes to the next person in there. Once again, that wheel spinning. Mess with him. Don't mess with him. 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 Hi, sir. How long have you been here? Uh, I've been here about two hours. Isn't it weird that we've been here this long and we haven't been seen? This is just really, really crazy. Really, really crazy. Yeah, that's really crazy. She walks up to the next person. Mess with him. Mess with him. You mother sucker. You ain't nothing but a dirty bleep. And your mother's a bleep. And your father's a bleep. And I kick your bleep. I mean, then she knocks the chair over. Your mother's a bleep. Knocks the coffee out of his hand. Your mother bleep. 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 The guy just walks away from her. And of course, I'm the next person. And I'm trying to look away. Please, God, don't talk to me. I don't know where the wheels wheels going to stop. Please don't talk to me. 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 You right there. Oh, God. Yeah. And now I hear the wheels you see the wheels spin. Mess with them, don't mess with them, 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 mess with them. Don't mess with them. Thank God. Sir, how long have you been here? I've been here since about uh five o'clock in the morning. Oh man, you should be madder than me because I got here at seven. Oh my goodness, maybe we should go up there and we should talk to them. Like I'm gonna go up there with her as if she's with me, right? And then all of a sudden with my luck that you know, hopefully that wheel would, would go to but don't mess with him. But what if I walked up with her as like her advocate, like I don't have my own damn problems, and all of a sudden she hits the mess with him button and she starts to pimp slap one of the nurses, then all of a sudden we both get dragged out and arrested hell no i went up to go to the bathroom didn't have to go to the bathroom but she wasn't in the bathroom and i was kind of hoping she'd move on to the next victim i know that's bad to set the next sucker up but i feel like crap and i ain't got time for this crap and i wanted to be seen on the video i wanted to be seen on the video in the er that i had nothing to do with this wacky person so I go to the bathroom. I didn't actually go in the bathroom. I just went because I wanted people to know that I was not dealing with this person. I go to the bathroom. I hang around there. I turn the water on. I'm not actually in the bath. I turn the water on. I turn the thing on. And dry off my hands. I don't even wet because I didn't touch nothing. Didn't wash nothing. Then I walk back out and she's moved on to the next person. Apparently, she's systematically going through all the people, which means at the rate she was going, by the time since I'm out of the loop at this point, by the time she gets back around to me, hopefully she will have been seen and able or they will drag her, her sick behind and back there and fix her or do something. I've now been there for four hours. And everybody's trying to figure out why no one's getting taken back. We're all getting triaged, but we're not being taken back to the rooms. We're not being checked out. And at this point, four hours in, I'm starting to feel better. I'm starting to actually feel like I felt before I woke up feeling like crap. I'm feeling good. In fact, if I had woken up the way I'm feeling at that particular point, 
there would have been no reason to go anywhere because I would have been a normal day. I was feeling good. No pain, right? Hmm. So we're all trying to figure out why no one's being taken back there. Lady comes in. She's she's the one I was talking about that had glass in her hair. She's mad now. She was in some kind of accident or something. Or maybe a car crashed next to her and landed on her. Something happened. Maybe she fell out a window. I don't know. She's got glass in her hair. I don't know. She may have been making a fashion statement. Maybe that's a new thing. Maybe that's a new thing the kids are doing today. Sprinkling glass in their hair. I know that sounds weird, but come on. Would you really put it past them after all the stuff you've seen? If you got Instagram, you know what I'm talking about. Back to the story. She goes up there and she's making a stink and she's yelling even louder. And unlike the other old lady, who's a short older lady, who's a little bit disturbed and has a wheel in her head that goes mess with them. Don't mess with them. This lady has a wheel in her head also, but the words are a little bit different. It's mess with them. Really mess with them. Mess with them. Really mess with them. Mess with them. Really, really. And uh, as it turns out, somebody went into her head and just took out the, the mess with them and left nothing but really mess with them because now she's cursing out the nurses and cursing out the security guards and cursing out people in the, who sit in the hospital and cursing out people that looked at her funny and cursing out people outside. Right. She's actually she actually wrote a note and said F you to the person walking by the window. OK, that part didn't happen, but you get the point. And we come to find out that the reason none of us is getting into the back room, the reason none of us is getting seen by an actual doctor is because the entire hospital is literally full to capacity. So much so that people who should have been up in the hospital are now taking up every single room in the entire ER and in the hallways. So literally, they have to actually start cycling people in uh, as 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 rooms become available, which and rooms are not becoming available quickly. If you've ever been in a hospital and tried to check out, you know how slow that process is. Well, imagine if all the rooms were like that and you're waiting to get back there. Well, that's what the ER was like. Oh, no. Now it's five or six hours. Now it's seven hours and I'm feeling damn good. I'm sitting there going, you know what? I feel so good right now. I probably shouldn't even, I don't even want to go back there now. Uh, there's really no reason for me to go back there now. I feel damn good, right? I feel really good. I feel like, like I said, I feel like, no matter of fact, I'm feeling so good right now. I'm sitting in the, I'm sitting in the chair with my normal, you know, you know how you sit in the chair when you're feeling good. You know, you're like that swag sit like, yeah, you know, I'm the man. You know what I mean? I came into the hospital all curled up like a punk. But now look at me. You know what I'm saying, you know, you start you want to look around and flirt with the girls, but you really don't want to flirt with the girls because it's really kind of hard to talk to a woman when she's sitting there with glass in her hair and some dude's leg in her lap. Not with a dude sitting there with his leg on a lap, literally just the dude's leg in a lap. I don't know what happened to him, but I have a feeling he's not in this hospital. <laughs> she did not have a leg in her lap. And we're just sitting there. Now, when I'm sitting there, I notice I'm like, oh, man, I've been there such a long period of time. This is how long I've been there. I've been there. I think it's like at this point, it's seven hours. My phone, which was not fully charged, is now almost dead. And I see on the wall they have free phone chargers, which is great. You go up to the phone charger. You open it up. You put your phone in. You plug your phone up. Right. You type in the code or whatever that crap is. And then you do what you got to do to make sure you, you plug it in and then everything's great. And it was a really simple process. All the young people, you know, young people like me and younger, <laughs> we had no problem with it. We all plugged it in and we, we it was a very simple process. It took about 15 to 20 seconds. Not a big deal. 
all done, all systems go. But then you see all the generation gap, the live show, right? A lot of times there's a generation gap and people, old people will say stuff behind your back or talk about you when you leave or your music sucks. You're, this time you actually could see the generation gap in action. And you can tell anybody over 55 years old for some reason had no idea how to work that machine at all. All you had to do was plug in the phone, close the door, type in your phone number, type in the email address, pick a picture, confirm, done. Very simple. I had no problem with it. Remember I told you how the entire ER was a volatile situation and everybody was pissed off? Well, just imagine if every just imagine if the hostile young people who know how the process works and have already charged their phones twice because they've been there in the ER that long are now standing in line behind confused old people who don't know how to work the machine. How do you think that went? Do you think any of the younger people were saying really, really snide anti-aging comments behind the old people's back? And well, let me give you a hint. Yes, they did. This old mother sucker. And he didn't say sucker. Don't even know how to work the thing. If you don't know how to work that thing. I mean, if I was an old mother sucker and he didn't say sucker. If I was an old mother sucker, I would just get out the way and let some young people use the machine. You know what I mean? I'm just saying, you know what I mean? If I was a young, you know what I'm saying? If I didn't know what the what the F I was doing, I would just move the F out the way and move the F out the way so somebody who know what the F they doing could actually use the mother sucker. And he didn't say sucker. And he didn't say effing, by the way. Use the machine. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean I'm just saying, I mean, I mean, I, I'm saying that old people are stupid. I'm just saying that old people ain't as smart as they think they are. And, that, and now the old guy's in front of the young guy. And he kind of figured it out. He kind of figured it out. He kind of knew exactly what was going on. He had figured out the machine. I see at this particular point, he's at the point of the process where you just hit the button for the picture, which means if he hits the button for the picture and hits the confirm button, he's done. He's out of there. He's out of his way. And I saw him look down and I saw him angle his head slightly to the right. And I saw the look of anger on his face and I saw him hit the button to start the process over. He literally had figured it out. And he kept starting the process over and he looks at me and he sees that he sees me, a 49 year old guy is going to be 50 uh, next year. And I'm looking at him and he's pushing 60 and he looked back at me and he gave me the old guy nod like, yeah, I'm going to piss this young punk off as much as possible. I'm going to start asking questions out loud as if I don't know what's going on. And he starts doing it in the old guy voice. I heard his voice earlier the same day. He didn't have an old guy voice, but he had an old guy voice now. Oh, man. I don't know what's going on. What do you do? Do you punch the numbers? Do you push the thing? Oh, this is confusing. I'm told my grandniece when she got me this phone that I didn't want to mess with this phone. And now I'm in an emergency room and I don't know what to do. And the young guy's getting madder and madder and madder and madder. And he goes, F this. And he goes and sits down. Then the old guy laughs and punches in the code in a nanosecond and plugs his phone up. And the young guy looks at him and now knows he was just played for a sucker. The old guy stops, smiles at him and keeps walking. I tried not to laugh because now I'm feeling good. And the last thing I need to do is have a half, uh, half a semi injured young guy beat my ass in the emergency room. <laughs> We're now at uh, about nine hours. You know, and I'm starting to see people start to be moved back into the back room. I'm starting to see people 
being moved back. I'm starting to see people being taken back into the hospital. Obviously, now the rooms are starting to open up. You're damn right. The rooms are starting to open up and all of a sudden the mood in the, is starting to get a little bit happier. All of a sudden you start to see the line of people move from the triage section and from the waiting room. They're starting to move into the, you know, when you're in a supermarket and you're standing in line and there's somebody in front that doesn't know what a credit card is and has never signed a check before and apparently money's confusing to them and then that person gets out of the way and then all of a sudden you start seeing the that line move like a damn conveyor belt well it was kind of like that all of a sudden all the people that were a little bit hostile were starting to be a little less hostile because they could see some movement they could see that it was almost over they could see it was time to get this thing started and we started to see people that were sitting out there with us go into the back and come out with the paper in their hand you know the discharge paper you know what it looked like which was hilarious remember American Idol when American Idol was on and then uh, people would, we would go into the back and they'd sing for Simon and them and then they, they, they'd have the camera on the outside of the door with Ryan Seacrest sitting there and they'd walk out and they'd look sad and then they'd whip out the piece of paper that said they were going to Hollywood and they'd jump up and down yay and everybody would celebrate and then they'd leave it was kind of like that you'd see people walk out with their discharge papers and the family members that were in the damn uh, waiting room waiting 47 years for them would go yay and they'd hug each other and walk out like they were going to go to Hollywood and sing I Will Always Love You written by Dolly Parton but sung by Whitney Houston so that's what it started to feel like and I started to see well there were some people that went back before I did because there were people that were in really bad shape and obviously I wasn't so I really didn't give a crap and quite frankly my whole day had been ruined any damn way and I was half asleep any damn way so who cares at this point and finally at the 10 hour and 15 minute mark I hear this Mr. Thomas Mr. Thomas? Is there a Mr. Thomas out here? And I go, that's me. Okay, Mr. Thomas. And I walk towards her. And she has this look on her face like she's waiting for me to give her a hard time. And I walked up and I said, hey, I uh, was wondering, do you have any... uh?" You have any opening any uh, open rooms upstairs in the hospital? And then she starts laughing. She goes, I oh, thank you. You know what? You're the first person to be to have a sense of humor about the thing. You're the first person that didn't curse me out and make me feel bad. Thank you very much. I, I really needed that laugh. And I said, well, I need something, too. I need you to figure out what the heck is wrong with me. She goes, no, don't worry about it. We'll take you in the back. We'll get you taken care of. Thank you for having a sense of humor. And take me back into the room. And I can still see a lot of the rooms are full, but obviously I can see people are starting to move out. I sit into the chair. She goes, sit in here and lay back. And one of the nurses, the other nurses will be in to take care of you. So I'm laying there. And I'm okay. I said, listen, uh, it's been 10 hours and 15 minutes. I don't give a crap. As long as I'm back here, I know that I'm, I'm going to be in good shape. I feel good anyway. Not a problem. Nurse comes back there. And here's the thing that always annoyed me. I'm getting in better shape because I'm working out with my brother at the gym and doing some stuff. So I'm getting in better shape and all of that kind of crap. Right. But it's a process. And I'm in the beginning of the process of the of this section of the process. So this nurse comes in and she's smiling at me and she obviously, you know, she thinks I'm cute and everything like that. And now I have to she has to do the EKG, which means I have to pick up the shirts and unfortunately, when you pick up the shirt, the little, the extra belly does not leave you with the shirt. It still stays there. And it kind of waves at her like, hey, you thought he was cute, but look at this mess right here. Okay, it's not that bad, but it's not where I need it to be. So she's putting the EKG crap on me to put the little sticker here and a little sticker there and a little sticker here and a little sticker there. 
And I'm looking at her. And in the back of my mind, I wanted to go, look, I know this is not the best thing to look at right now, but there was a point in time when I was worse than this and I'll be better than this. He caught me in transition between fat bastard to medium, medium fat bastard where I am right now to fit bastard, which is where I'm going. Right. If you look at me right now and you've never seen me before, you go, dude, you need to lose some weight. But if you had seen me a while ago and then seen me now, you go, hey, looking good, s, looking good, which is what people have been saying, because I looked worse. (laughs) And I've made some improvements. Right. But it isn't really weird when somebody catches you in transition, when you're going from a mess to a semi mess to being where you need to be. Right. Like, say, for the sake of argument, there's a homeless guy. Right. He's he's living in old clothes. He hasn't taken a shower in months. He really smells bad. He's literally living in a damn trash can. Right. He's not feeling too good. He's kind of scarred up because he got into a sharpened pencil fight with another homeless guy over the last orange in the trash bin. Not making light of it. You'll understand what I'm where I'm going with this. Right. He's on drugs. He's on alcohol. His life's a tub of crap. Right. Everything sucks, but somehow this guy figures it out and somehow some way this guy goes from being on drugs to not being on drugs, from drinking alcohol to not drinking alcohol, from living that dumpster and smelling bad to now he's a homeless shelter. Now his hygiene is is, is good. Now he's off the drugs and he just means his life's in a hole. His life's messed up. He doesn't have a job right now. He's living off of some assistance, but at least he's clean. At least he's wearing clothes right now that have that been washed. And if you see him at that point, you could still see that he's not. A, a, a functioning member of society the way you would expect. You can still see that he's down, that he's down on his luck. The clothes are a little old. You can tell they're really, really old clothes, but they're clean and he has resumes under his arm, which means he doesn't have a job. If you see him right there and you look at him, you might go and look at that poor bastard. Or if you're a lady, you might go, I ain't going to date that bastard. He ain't even got a job. I understand that. But if you saw where he was, if you saw that he smelled like feces and was rolling around in garbage and was getting into sharpened pencil fights in the trash bin over the last orange, and you saw where he went, you would look at him and you going, man, you did good. I saw where you were and I saw where you are. You would see that he made improvements. But if you just saw him when he was a little disheveled, when he was living in the shelter, but he didn't stink, but he was living in the shelter, you'd still think, oh, mm, oh, I don't know. Well, that was kind of similar to the way I felt. I'm laying there and this this cute sister who's half flirting with me is now putting EKG stickers on me. Okay, maybe an eighth flirting with me. Okay, maybe she wasn't flirting with me and I wanted to flirt with me. Shut up. This is my story. F y'all back to me. (laughs) F y'all once again. (laughs) And I'm sitting there and I'm sitting there going in the back of my mind. Why couldn't I have had this health scare like six to nine months from now when my chest and my chest and stomach is looking good? How come that couldn't happen? Right. How come that couldn't happen? Right. How come EKGs have to put the things on your chest? How come they can't just put them on your legs? My legs look good. Right. That's the one body part of mine that no matter how fat I ever got or how out of shape I ever was, my legs still look good. Everybody has those body parts, don't you? A lot of people, I should say, you have a part of you that looks good no matter what, whether you're a tub of crap or not. I have a friend of mine who turned into a tub of crap like I turned into a tub of crap. He's a middle-aged guy like me too. And we're, you know, we're, we're in a similar weight loss journey. And no matter what 
how big of a tub of crap he looks like, his arms still look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. No matter what, he could drink large sandwiches while laying down and he'd still have the arms of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arms look all sliced up no matter what he does. Right. And that's the same thing with my legs. No matter what a fat bastard I am, if I walk around in shorts, women are like, you a fat bastard, but them legs look delicious. And I'm like, well, could you do me a favor and not look at anything but my legs so I'll have a chance with you? And they're like, no, too bad. I already saw the rest of you. And then they say, get away from me, you fat bastard, but your legs look delicious. <laughs> that's true. And I have a lady friend of mine is also a middle aged lady and she's also working out too. And just like us, she was a semi tub of crap, but she was a huge tub of crap. But now like us, she's a semi tub of crap. But her cantaloonies, her buttocks looks like the, if you just took a picture of her buttocks, a picture of my legs and a picture of that guy's arms, you would have thought you were looking at a fitness magazine. And then you never go, you flip the page over and see the rest of it. And you're going, damn, let me flip that page back. <laughs> F y'all once again, back to the EKG. So she's giving me the damn EKG and she, 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 she looks at the thing. She reads it and then she gives it to the doctor. The doctor gives it back to her. She comes up to me and she goes, you know, your EKG looks amazing. And I've never heard someone refer to an EKG looking amazing. And I said, is it okay if I pull out my recorder and you say that into the recorder? <laughs> she laughs and walks away. <laughs> she walked away so fast. I didn't get a chance to get my recorder out because I wanted her to actually say it into the recorder just for my own usage. F y'all back to the story. And as it turns out, after almost after close to 11 hours in the ER, I find out that the only reason that I was feeling like crap was, well, here's the, here's the, here's what happened. This is like, like I said, once again, I'm fine. I was feeling bad because I ate something that it didn't agree with me. And it was very similar to when you have food poisoning. It wasn't like a harsh version of food poisoning like I had before. It was a more mild version of food poisoning. But still, when you have even a mild version of food poisoning or something like that, what happens is things begin to leave your body in liquid form. And they begin to leave your body in liquid form whether you want them to or not. And they begin to leave your body in liquid form at a high rate. And you're supposed to have a certain amount of water in your body. And if you don't have a certain amount of water in your body, your body will get mad at you. Your body will go, look, dude, you need more water in me. And most of the time we don't pay attention. So the body will give you a little hint. It'll make your mouth dry. Right. But know what most people do when the mouth gets dry? They go, oh, my mouth's a little dry. I better drink something. And then they don't drink something. And I was an idiot like that. Ah, my mouth's dry. I'll get to it. I'm busy. I ain't got time for that crap. It's a little dehydrated. The body goes, okay, he's not paying attention to the mouth dry crap. How about we give him a little bit of a headache to let him know maybe he should drink some damn water. Got a little bit of a headache. Didn't matter. As it turns out, I hit my head on something and I figured that that's what it was. So now I've ignored two signals. And the body goes, okay, he's a little busy. He's a little busy. We're going to leave him alone right now. We're not going to mess him up. We'll be good. We did the headache thing, but maybe he didn't figure it out. We did the mouth thing. What we're going to do, we're going to make his skin a little bit dry. That's what we're going to do. Didn't pay attention to that crap at all. And then I go to sleep. And then my body went, oh, you going to go to sleep? 
Oh, you going to go to sleep after oh, I'm an all day telling you to drink some damn water and you ain't going to pay attention to me. Oh, I got something for your punk ass. I got some. Wait till he wakes up. Wait till his punk ass wakes up. And then the noise wakes me up at four something in the morning and the body wakes up and goes, OK, you ready, guys? We going to get this bastard now because he apparently doesn't want to pay attention to us. And what does my body do? Makes me feel like crap. Makes me feel tired. But I'm going, well, I was asleep, so maybe that's why I'm tired. I'll just go back to sleep and my body goes, what the? Damn, this guy just not getting it. Make him dizzy. I figured, well, you know, I did jump up kind of fast, you know, and sometimes that happens. Wow. All right. So we're going to have to bring out the big guns. Wake the heart up. And the heart goes, what, man? I'm always working. You guys get to go to sleep. I got to pump and pump and pump for those. He's was he 50 now. I got to do this for another 40, 50 years. I don't get no damn vacations. Will you leave me alone? And the, the body said to the heart, get him. Beat faster. And the heart goes, really? I beat fast when he's at the gym and, or when he sees a hot woman. I got to do this at four o'clock in the morning. Leave me alone. And the body says he's dehydrated. And the heart goes, oh, so he's going to not drink enough liquid and make me have to work harder. Well, I got his ass. I'm a beat real fast. The dumb bastard. And that's what happened. As it turns out, the only reason that happens because I was really dehydrated. So I had to drink some crap. Think about that for a second. I go through this whole health scare. I go through this whole feeling like crap. I go to the damn, get in the damn ambulance. I spend 11 hours in the damn ER because my dumb ass didn't drink enough water. The hell is that? Had to sit there with my shirt off in front of a cute lady who's probably going, he's cute, but wished his belly would come up when he rolled his shirt up. You bastards, damn it. It was all my fault. When I started this segment, I was talking about how I thought about whether or not I wanted to continue doing certain things, including this. And that's what I was thinking when I was sitting in the ER and feeling bad. But once again, like I said, when you're thinking in terms of do I want to be in this relationship? Do I want to do this job? Do I want to be with these friends? Do I want to be around these people? And in my case, do I want to do this podcast? Do I want to stay? I wasn't really considering not doing the podcast anymore. Of course not. And when I was in those relationships, I wasn't really considering the getting out of those relationships when those thoughts went through my mind. It's just something that happens to you sometimes. And when I found out that I was going to be okay, when I found out everything was fine, when I found out that I had my heart is in great shape, when I found that I'm actually pretty damn healthy, when I found out that was I was going to be okay, all of a sudden I started thinking a little bit differently. I started going 300 episodes. <laughs> I'm going to put another zero on that before I even consider stopping. You're damn right. But I tell you, man, 11 hours in the ER is about 11 hours too many. So my friends, I like I said, I'm no doctor or anything like that. But make sure you drink enough water, especially if you were sick and fluids were flying out of your whatever. You don't want to wind up spending 11 hours in the ER like I did because I got news for you. That crap was not fun. And I'm really pissed off about the fact that I had to spend 11 hours in the damn ER. Okay, I'm not actually really, really pissed off. I was pissed off. Then I'm not pissed loud 11 hours in the ER, mainly because, well, if it wasn't spending 11 hours in the ER, I wouldn't have an episode of the podcast this week because <laughs> that's what this podcast episode is about.
Okay, full disclosure, I have several episodes worth of stuff on my on my uh, dry erase board, so I will literally never run out of anything to do on the podcast. But this week was extra easy because I got to talk about some crap that actually happened. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So listen, like I said, my friends, drink some damn water. You don't want to wind up like me. In fact, I'm going to drink some water as soon as I finish recording this crap, because damn it, I'm not going back to the damn ER because my punk ass is too busy working on crap to drink some damn water. God, I'm an idiot. All right, folks, this episode has concluded. Normally, I break my episodes into segments, but quite frankly, when you've been in the ER for 11 damn hours, <laughs> You want to talk about the experience all the damn way through. Folks, this is episode number 298 of the Yes, Anthony Says podcast. We got two more episodes. Obviously, next one's 299 and then the big episode number 300. I do not know what I'm going to do on episode 300. Like I said, I do have a lot of stuff to talk about and a lot of stuff written, uh, prepared to do episode 300. But I'm still trying to figure out whether or not I want to because the episode 300 is going to be recorded and released on December 31st. And I don't know whether or not I'm going to do an original show because Lord knows I have enough material for like 16,000 um, original shows or whether I'm going to do a best of episode. I haven't decided yet. I'm prepared to do either one. So maybe I'll surprise you with what's on uh, episode number 300. I may even do another episode in the nude. <laughs> Granted, you, you won't know. You'll, this is a podcast with audio. So even if I am nude, you wouldn't know about it. In fact, I'm nude right now. <laughs> I am not nude right now. <laughs> Folks, you've been with me 298 episodes. It's going to be two more. It'll be 300. Four years and change. And hopefully we'll be together for a long, much, much longer period of time. Uh, I want to thank you guys, man. You guys have been really, really good to me all over the years. Um, looking forward to many more years with you weird bastards. I love my bastard army. Folks, this podcast is every damn where. iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Spotify, MixCloud, Stitcher. I'm damn, I'm damn everywhere. Uh, the home base for the podcast is santhonysays.podbean.com. But quite frankly, because I've been doing this for such a long period of time, you literally, all you have to do is go and Google my name, S. Anthony Thomas, and all my crap pops up. If you want to, you can Google the name of the show, S. Anthony Says, and the show pops up. It's very, very easy. It's very, very simple to do. And obviously, a lot of you have already done that. Uh, the email for me is talk to S. Anthony at gmail.com. And it's T A L K T O, the word to T A L K T O S. Anthony at gmail.com. And folks, man, I just want to say once again, man, you guys are the coolest bastards on the planet. Much love to every last one of you, man. You guys have been really, really cool to me. The emails have been really cool. You've been cool to me on Twitter and Facebook. Well, speaking of Facebook, you can follow me on Facebook. Uh, if you're on Facebook, you, all you got to do basically is just type in my name, S. Anthony. You know, type in S. Anthony Says into the search box at top. I have a quote fan page uh, there and it has the blue check mark because it's verified to be me. So that's really me. Uh, on Twitter, if you want to follow me on social media. A lot of you already do, obviously. But for those of you that are new, people listening in the future, uh, the, the, uh, Twitter for me is my name, at S. Anthony Thomas. 
And the Twitter for the show is at S Anthony says. So I just want to thank you guys for everything, man. You guys have been the coolest. You just, I got the coolest bastard army on the planet. Um, my American bastard army. Thank you. Australia, Canada, Great Britain. Actually, actually the, I shouldn't just, I should say the United Kingdom because it's not just one place. United Kingdom. I even got some expats in China. Thank you very much. You bastards. I love you as well. And uh, I will see you guys again next week for episode number 299 as we prepare for episode number 300. Once again, don't know what I'm going to do with it. I may just do a, uh, uh, may just acknowledge this is 300 show and thank you bastards again and just do a regular episode. I don't know yet, but it's really great to, to hit that 300th episode. It's really, really a cool milestone to hit. Folks, I am going to be out of here. I'm going to say goodbye to you bastards the way I always say goodbye to you bastards. And I want you bastards to say it with me. Are you ready? You know how to do it on the count of three. One, two, three. S. Anthony. Out.